What up, everybody? This is Matt with Power Shift Media coming at you on a Friday night. Ironically, I have tonight off of work, so I figured I would go ahead and just take this opportunity to podcast. Um, I do apologize for any background noise. Um, my fiance and I actually acquired a. She's now about six and a half weeks old. We got a kitten that likes to run around the background and. Uh, Sometimes she gets the zoomy, so if you listen to some of our earlier episodes, you'll hear Nate's dogs kind of running around. It's still fairly quiet here, but we got a kitten that from time loves to run around and just chase after this little rolly mouse she has and randomly scratches some, some shit. So if that comes through, I do apologize. Anyway, uh, we have some new stuff to discuss here. Uh, first of all, I hope everybody had a happy Memorial Day. I hope everybody stayed safe and enjoyed a day off at work. Um, myself, I elected to take the day off. I started to kind of work it, decided not to. So I ended up taking tonight off of work. If you listen back to last week's episode, you'll actually hear me. Well, it had been about two weeks ago, but... You'd hear me mention that I had bought a NC Mazda Miata, and today I actually took that car over to a actual track preparation shop to get some work done. So today at about 1 p.m. Eastern time, I dropped off my beloved Miata. It was ironically the first time I had ever dropped the car off unintended. Uh, to get a performance alignment done and a corner weight and corner balance done to the car. I dropped the key off to the receptionist and my fiance and I went and ate a boatload of chicken wings and some steak and just had a good time until they called me. They called me about three hours later and said, Matt, your car's ready to pick up and we zoomed on down there. Now, the gentleman who actually runs this shop, and I'm going to shout them out right now. Um, I had talked to the owner, and he could not have been a cooler guy. Definitely one of us. His name is Bill, and his shop is Performance Alignment Auto Services in Sharonville, Ohio. So, if you have an alignment, track car preparation needs, vintage car, doesn't matter if it's a Miata... Um, that man definitely knows his way around suspension geometry. Um, just to kind of shout out some of the awesome cars I seen in the shop when I wanted to use the, the restroom, they had a C6 ZR1 chilling in there. They had a Ferrari 458 Speciale sitting in there. And then of course, my beloved Miata. Um, when I had asked the, the kind technician there, how they had planned to, prep my Miata he just simply responded that Bill was going to be handling it personally and in the last week or so they had done five Miatas so I went to dinner and I uh it was kind of in the back of my mind but I really didn't think too much about it I kind of had a rough idea what I wanted I had had a target of about 1.8 degrees of, of rear camber, about a degree and a half of front camber negative, and whatever caster they could get. So when I came back, and I have the specs here, um, in the front, they had managed to get 2.1 degrees of negative front camber, 
in the rear, they got a whopping 2.48 degrees of rear negative camber, and that was equal to both sides. In the front, they got 7.2 degrees of caster, and here was the amazing part. So I'm on Tane Flex Z coilovers, and he got the weights in the front to plus plus minus four pounds per corner in the front plus minus six in the rear total weight of the car was 2369 pounds so when i dropped the car it had about three quarter of a tank of fuel in it and that was the final weight and all in all it took him about three hours and I was really surprised about the light weight of the car, given the fact that it had almost a full tank of fuel in it. Now, I know these cars stock to weigh right around like 2,420 pounds. Um, I have a titanium exhaust. I have some super lightweight wheels on it, a lighter weight suspension. You know, I have a couple things along that line done, but when he showed me the, the stats, he basically said, hey... I can go a little bit more negative camber on the front, but I will have to dial back the front caster. So he set it up how he thought it was right. And I said, hey, you know, I want as much caster as I can get to assist turn in a high-speed stability. And I said, what do you think? Well, I'd read it on his website, and you can go check it out on performance-alignment.com. Um, this gentleman, Bill was actually with Audi when they competed in one of Oman's back in the early 2000s. He was a suspension and setup technician. And he had actually seen my lanyard that's on my Miata keys. So I, I have a unique lanyard that encompasses my RX-7 keys. And it's I, I got it from um, 13betc.com. It's actually one of the old, I paid a lot of money for it. And it was the last available one, but it's the old original green and orange um, Mazda 787B lanyard from Le Mans. And he said, hey, I was there when that car competed and won in Le Mans. And immediately I was mind boggled. Uh, as you know, Nathan and I are huge rotary guys. Um, me owning an RX-7, Nate having owned several. Uh, we got talking about Le Mans, rotaries, and he had just explained that he set this car up with this purpose. Um, per my wishes, he did not take the car in the interstate. He had driven it a couple of blocks, and he had made the, the remarks that it was one of the sharpest steering street cars he had ever driven and had stated that that car could absolutely be competitive at a street road course on any given day with a obviously capable driver so all in all i i paid right around 370 dollars for this service and again i just have to shout him out i could not believe the service i got um, Nathan had done the coilover install and basically murdered it because he had said, and we installed them straight up other than lowering the suspension to level it out. Um, he had to make minor adjustments to corner balance and obviously do an alignment um, because the front suspension comes apart. But it ended up being a fairly cheap alignment corner balancing and 
he had just remarked about how good it was. And the first thing he had said, if you understand suspension geometry, when you add a bunch of caster, you do increase your turn in speed, you increase your turn in sharpness, and you increase your straight line stability at high speed, but you also increase your steering effort required. So before the car steered fairly stiff, um, I compare it to maybe E36 BMWs. Now it is a lot more manual steering feel. <laughs> it requires a, a substantial amount more um, pressure to actually steer the car, especially around a 45 or a 90 uh, degree radius. But the level of feedback is absolutely biblical. Uh, I guess to use journalistic words, it's beyond telepathic, it's direct. There's no numbness, no vagueness on center, off center. 15 degrees of steering in that car is darting. Um, he had dialed in about 0.15 degrees of tow, which according to Good One Racing and Flying Miata is optimal. They say it. it's a little aggressive for a street car, but it makes it very darty and it makes turning extremely sharp. I will not incriminate myself, but I was driving slightly aggressively on a certain highway in Ohio, and I can tell you that I can change lanes with an extreme level of precision without ever ch basically veering from lanes while changing lanes. <laughs> Before, the car would get a little squirrely under aggressive steering inputs. Um, it would grip quite hard around right-hand corners and push and understeer around left-handers. I can tell you that is no longer the case. It's extremely neutral, flat. I cannot express that that $370 is probably the best $370 spent in automotive modification history. The car was really, really good before. And I had compared it many times. The Miata, I could certainly before have gotten it around a twisty road faster than my RX-7, but certainly not in straights. The RX-7 is an axe murderer. The Miata is more of a scalpel. <laughs> the Miata makes precision cuts, and the RX-7 just smashes things into basically a, a fine pulp. It's just a sledgehammer. Now the Miata is more like a, a fine razor knife. It, If you know how to use it, it is unbelievably precise. And if you don't, it would probably be ineffective. Still yet, this kind of brings me to a fun topic today. A topic, and I wish Nathan was here and he's been super busy. I am here in Dayton with my fiance. Um... Obviously, it's a Friday. I'm off work. Usually, I'd be working, but uh, just those little things to to kind of finish off or to refine a build. The things that are often overlooked, and obviously, a lot of times we discuss DSMs, Evos on this podcast. So, a lot of times, you kind of think, "What are those finishing touches?" you think a fine tune you know if you got a dsm and you just went to an fp black 
obviously you're going to be looking at a speed density tune you're going to be looking to ditch your math you're going to be looking to go to a speed density setup and just refine a nasty tune and run an absolutely cataclysmic amount of boost pressure and that would be a correct answer but if you have a car like a miata and right now i'm still naturally aspirated and you're looking to extract just the utmost out of a chassis you might ask yourself what do i do i already have grippy tires you know i have michelin 4s's i have Einke rpf ones and an aggressive offset i have tane coilovers you know what do i do next and something i overlooked on so many builds is a professional alignment corner balancing Looking back to so many of my cars I've had, I've never elected to do this. This was actually a first for me. I've had basic ass alignments done at discount tire or tire discounters or bell tire just to get it back to OEM and, you know, kind of send it. Which for a drag car, that's fine. You don't really want a lot of negative camber for a drag car. You want that that tire at basically a dead stop to be very congruent with the pavement but when you're doing track racing around hard cornering you want that tire to be congruent under hard cornering both left and right and that is where corner balancing and a precision alignment comes in and again this is a first for me i'm sure a lot of you listening are like hey i've been doing this for years and you're preaching to the choir matt and that's awesome I'd love to hear your feedback. But all the Miata guys out there basically say there's kind of a slew of mods you do. You do coilovers, brake pads, fluid, exhaust, tune, performance alignment. And I jumped right into it. And I thought it was a truly formidable car just on the coilovers and the tires. And I can honestly say the alignment probably did more for it than anything just the way it totally changed the dynamic um, that car is a front mid-mounted car uh, the engine actually fully sits behind the front axle so already turning is stupid sharp but when you add all of that caster and that camber you basically damn near get the true mid-engine levels of turning albeit with the tram lining of a more front engine car but it, it's just kind of a fun a fun topic of should you do it and i would say if you're just drag racing your car and you're doing a lot of spirited roll racing um you know second third fourth gear pulls eh, probably not uh you know go ahead and align your car back to an oem setting you know if you're speaking of a dsm do your volk metal crafter of course renegade performance control arms you know, something that can be fab by Renegade Performance. Uh, cut down that weight and just try to get that weight transfer the best as possible for your 60-foot times. But if you're a guy who's got a 350Z, a Miata, a BMW M3, uh, a car of, of that class, and you don't necessarily have the horsepower to chase down an Evo, but you have the cornering to basically come around them you're looking for an edge i gotta say it makes a very compelling case and i didn't necessarily know if i had prescribed to that 
uh, up until I actually got it done. So if you're on the fence, do it. Um, basically, the way they explained it to me, it depends how far your car is out of alignment to get it, the price. They basically say it runs between three and five hundred fifty dollars. Mine was three seventy. It was very close. Uh, the corner balancing actually costed the most. Uh, it took two hours, but if you're thinking about doing HPDE, maybe rally, maybe autocross, spend the money. Absolutely put it into your setup. It will be the best money you've ever spent. I guess to kind of expand on that, it also brings me to another fun topic. I've been talking to a buddy at work who's been kind of getting his streetcar set up, and he's like, man, what kind of wheel should I buy? And that is an extremely open-ended question. Of course, I'm going to answer some smart-ass like Volk T37s. Obviously, if you have an unlimited budget, well, that is what you go buy. It's what you do. But if you don't, you may just go buy a generic ASA wheel from Tire Rack or whatever it may be. And it kind of runs right along with the subject of what do you want your car to do if you're drag racing you want the smallest wheel you can fit around your brake rotor and your caliper that way you can run the tallest drag slick you can possibly get to eliminate wheel hop but if you're road racing you want the lightest wheel you can get with a stiff stiff sidewall that will also tuck within your fender um hence the reason i run rpf ones Obviously, if there ever was a, if you're an American, pizza is probably your favorite food. So if there's ever a wheel that is the pepperoni pizza of wheels, it is the RPF1 because it goes with any car. If you're doing track, autocross, it is the wheel to do because it's affordable, it's strong, it's light, it looks the tits on most cars. And that's basically what I told him. Um, I had run the Sparco Assetto Agaras on my Hyundai Veloster, which was a very handling-focused build. And I recommended those because he's doing a green theme. I told him, hey, rock those in green like I did on my, on my V. And they, they're fairly light, about a pound and a half heavier per wheel than an RPF1. But they're about uh, $100 cheaper a wheel still yet an awesome wheel but it doesn't really necessarily matter if you're just rocking a front wheel drive street or an all-wheel drive street dsm and you're just trying to have a a good looking wheel and you just want to chuck a set of tires on them it doesn't necessarily matter as much it's one of those things i think you truly have to fine tune into your setup and that's just kind of one of the fun little things. This is going to be a shorter podcast, but I guess one of the things I want to discuss is just the fine tweaks of setting up a car. Obviously, if you're going to put a GT35 on your Subaru or your Mitsubishi Evo, you're probably going to be thinking about running E85. Very much in the same way if, hey, I'm going to go take my Mustang S550 to the racetrack, you're probably going to think about doing your your MMR control arms and all those other supporting mods to make that car really, truly work. It's really no different if you're rocking a Miata or uh, 
350Zs, which are extremely well-known in the track communities. I guess it's just one of the things I want to bring to light because I always overlooked it. It's just the little things really make a huge difference. You can have the Owens coilovers, you can have the T37s, you can have the six-pop brakes. Unless you really have that alignment dialed, what's it really doing for you? Um, it's just something to think about. Uh, I guess some updates to look forward to on YouTube. I did drop my Miata review video, and you should go check it out. Uh, explaining, basically it's titled, Miata is always the answer, but should it be? And it kind of explores the whole line of thinking that Miata is kind of a kin response for every automotive question. And I'm not going to give many spoilers, but it really isn't. A Miata is a great car, but it's a terrible car. And you should go watch my review to see exactly what I mean. Additionally, uh, just this last weekend, I went ahead and dropped a review on my DSM. And I guess that's something I'd like to delve right into. Um, my 1993 Eclipse uh, 4G63 car that I have. It had sat dead right in front of my house for the last six weeks. And I just got sick of looking at it. I really want to start driving it. Um, shifter was out of it. I had a replacement ECU for it. And I just didn't have the time, energy, or motivation to finish it. Um, this last Saturday, I finally got some time. And my fiance and I went out there. And with her little tiny feet of sand, she was able to fish the ECU back in. Um, got the shifter back in the car, and I fired it up. And albeit from idling at 2,000 RPMs, it was running perfect. First time since I owned it, it did. I put the shifter back in, too. <laughs> and, yeah, she did put the shifter back in because I was sick of looking at it. I drove it two blocks, realized that it's running perfect, but idling high. And I adjusted the idle down to about 750, and it was a little low. I drove it to work three days like that. Ended up adjusting it to about 875, and that's where it sits. And the car runs absolutely perfect. Uh, we jumped in it uh, the first day we had it running. I threw my kid in it, my fiance, and I went to get my kid sushi because she wanted sushi. Uh, we went about 75 miles in it that day, and it couldn't have performed better in real heavy traffic. Um, I elected to dial the idle up because letting out the clutch to get the car moving under its own momentum, it really wanted to bog at the lower idle. Um, I actually looked at the underhood sticker for non-turbos, and they really like to be at a 750 plus minus 150. So I said about 875. And it's behaving so nice. Um, that car there, it's got a new ECU, shift rebuild, ISC motor, disc screw. I went ahead and put the disc screw cap in it, intake boot, mass airflow sensor, injectors, pressure regulator, fuel pump. I mean, we've went through the gamut, and it feels so good to be driving it again. So if you have a DSM and it's driving around, cutting out under D-cell, um, not wanting to operate with the math, not wanting to respond to math inputs, pull your ECU case, check your capacitors. Mine was fried to shit. And it was all fixed for $80. And I drove it every day this week, and that car has been absolutely perfect. Uh, 35 miles of the gallon, and it drives every bit as good as my Miata does. It's kind of hilarious. But 
that's kind of one of those things where tend to your projects, even when they do kick your ass. Um, that car kicked my ass for six weeks. I looked at it every day and I just couldn't understand why it wasn't working. And I had the ECU, knew it was bad, but I kept basically telling myself, it's not going to fix it, you're just going to get mad. Always keep at it, it's worth it. It was so rewarding to do the first drive in my DSM. I went ahead and I pulled the, um, when I bought it from Nate, it had Dodge Stratus RT wheels on it, 17s, uh, some dry rotted tires. I ironically put my stock in C Miata wheels with my Pirelli um, P7s on it. And uh, it drives so nice uh, through the rain. It grips hard, and the wheels actually look really dope on it. Check out my review on my... It's the review on YouTube that says DSMs are the... L1G DSM is the ultimate daily driver. And I make a compelling case of why you should look at a 1G DSM. Um, I'm $2,500 totally invested in my car. That's with the new T-belt and everything, and it drives as good as any new car out there. I can go 85 mile an hour and take my hands off the wheel, and it goes dead straight. It just works. It's a happy car. But go check it out. You'll get to see how the car looks on the new wheels, and I was real proud to make that progress on it. So that's a fun little update. Otherwise, just YouTube, PowerShift Media. Uh, keep an eye out. I've been recording every weekend consistently, and you can't expect a new video this weekend. I'm going to go ahead and film with my Miata uh, more in-depth on my track alignment. Um, and I will probably be dropping a video on my fiance's RAV4, and you might be asking why. But hey, for $20,000 or less, a RAV4 makes a lot of sense, and I'll show you exactly why. Beyond that, I hope everybody's staying happy healthy and safe out there and with this COVID-19 thing going on seems like all your states are starting to lift restrictions so hopefully everybody's doing good it'd be great to hear from everybody um, go subscribe to YouTube if you haven't if you have any questions about my Miata my DSM what Nate's been up to um, don't hesitate to, to hit us up if there's something you want us to talk about uh, Nate's been stupid busy. I plan to try to get him back on the podcast so you don't have to hear my stupid face anymore. But I'd like to get him back um, to sit us up and give Nate some encouraging words. Beyond that, have a good weekend, everybody. And remember to modify, maintain, and drive your cars. Peace.